Previously on Terrible Adventures of Janice and Brevin's Talking Company. That's our previously on message from now on. We defended the company and we saved the city. We're heroes. How do we keep this a secret and stay safe? We may want to lie. Idafa, your parents are waiting for you. You came home awfully late the other night. We're a little concerned about what you've been doing with your spare time. Uh, you know, I, I got a family to support. I want money. I want power. I want to bring back magic to this world. That is quite a lofty goal that you have there, Frankie. If you feel so inclined, I can offer you a loan of sorts. And in return, you can owe me a secret favor for the future. It's lovely to see you again, Cassie. My name is Flinbar. I've just brought you a little something. Oh, this is so lovely. What a fine gentleman you are. Could I possibly take you out for a nice meal? And you notice that there is an investigation report that Cassie has been filling out. A one-armed man has been taken into custody and is now awaiting questioning. Oh, we're going to have such a nice day. I have a proposal which I think will be very interesting to you. I believe that the Janssen Breffitt's Parchment Company would benefit greatly from a specialised group that is built to handle unusual situations. And it does appear that through your failure, a dangerous criminal was vaporised. So I'm going to <laughs> approve this proposal, but I'm going to need to see some positive results. And so, for now, life for the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company employees goes on. everybody, welcome to the Terrible Adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D and I will be your dungeon master today. And if I was going to live, if I was going to choose the apocalypse I would get to live in, I would pick Plants Takeover. Oh, I like that. Like the happening. Oh. <laughs> I'm Poppy, I play Ido, the uh, tiefling rogue. And when it comes to apocalypses, I don't really care. But I really romanticise that idea of just living in the wild and living off the land. So whatever lets me do that. Plants taken over sounds pretty good. <laughs> Hiya, I am Liz. I play Karen, our favourite dwarf barbarian. And if I had to live through an apocalypse, I would probably want to live through an alien invasion. Because even if I die, I would have got to have met aliens. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nate and I play... Flinbar, the halfling bard, and I would like to live through the apocalypse or the death of capitalism. Yeah, true. Uh, oh, <laughs> very nice. You're definitely trans. Uh, <laughs> my name is Stephanie. I'm playing uh, Frankie, the human artificer, and I am prepping for a sudden economic collapse mm. or a dirty bomb. <laughs> <laughs> a or an EMP or literally any episode of Doomsday Preppers <laughs> <laughs> that's so good that show though. Oh. I love it so much <laughs>
All right, so it's been one week since we last checked in with our adventurers. We open at the Prosperity Festival, a celebration of the Empire's health. A massive parade is the central attraction, and the tradition is to dress as monsters and throw coins onto the floats, symbolic of the creation of the tax system civilizing the world. Food and attractions are all free, and it takes place in the center circle, an enormous park in the exact center of the city. The carnival and festivities are in full swing. Emperor Silver Timinius is expected to make an appearance. How are you all enjoying the party and the carnival? Well, Karen is having a great time. She's out with her husband and her three beautiful children. Uh, she has dressed up as a bugbear. In fact, they all have. They do themed costumes every year and they're all bugbears this year and they're all in different colors. It's extremely cute. She has spent a few hours wandering around the stalls, buying some knickknacks, swapping stories with her friends, and now she's watching the Grand Parade with um, her beautiful family. Frankie would be there with his uh, sisters. Um, he has the um, youngest on his shoulders, you know, propped up so she can see everything. You know, they're just, you know, all very excited, pointing at things excitedly and, uh, you know, what are your costumes? Um, <laughs> our costumes are just sort of uh, a bunch of sort of rags. We're trying to be all like, um, maybe like woodland nymphs and uh, I'm a tree and because, uh, you know, I'm so tall. And, but, you know, it's all, all homemade, really cute. You know, yeah, nothing fancy. I'm glad to see you're not splurging. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Adifa, how are you enjoying the festival? I don't know if Idafit is enjoying it so much. Uh, he's being <laughs> dragged around by his two parents. Let's just say the, uh, um, their costumes are kind of recycled, so they've just found stuff at home. Uh, his mum is wearing like a potato sack, but it's got lots of colourful beads and things all over it. And his dad is only wearing a loincloth, uh, which he finds very embarrassing. <laughs> what, what's and he, he has their cat whiskers <laughs> underneath his arm. Strews his dad's thighs. <laughs> Dad thighs. Um, and Ido has just kind of put on like a hat because he doesn't really want to get into the festivities as much. He just kind of wants to be as inconspicuous as possible. And yeah, he's just kind of walking behind his parents' head down wearing a hat. You're inadvertently one of the most conspicuous people because almost everybody else has a costume on and by choosing <laughs> not to wear one, you've become very noticeable. <laughs> it's a, a political take on the current racism in the world and how Teflins are the underclass. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I am dressed as a glorious red dragon and escorted by my good friend Cassie, who is helping me prop up, and I happen to be on stilts, so I am very tall. Um, and I have functioning wings that I can slap aggressively, and I love it. And my dragon has a fat head. Very nice. That's so cute. <laughs> so you and Cassie are walking around enjoying the festival, and you bump into uh, another person dressed as a red dragon, and they're not on stilts, but they take their hat off and they wave up to you, and it's Murphy! And he's like, oh, hey, Flynn's good to see you, bud. Glad to see you're enjoying the festival. First class, Murphy. First class. You too, buddy. 
Hey, uh, Red Dragon Buddies, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. I didn't think I'd see anybody else with the same kind of costume as me. That's that's excellent. I'll see you around, okay? See you later, alligator. I mean, dragon. You guys are just enjoying the festival. There's loud music. There's people laughing. There's people, you know, swapping paper mache heads with each other and getting into the festival and having a good time. It's, it's your pretty classic carnival. There's no big rides like Ferris wheels, but there's a lot of stalls. You know, people throwing rocks at targets and one of those things to dunk a person into the water that the Janison Breffitt's company has set up and Janison himself is, you know, sitting up on the chair. Nobody's managed to dunk him yet, but he's having a good time. Y'all are really enjoying the festival. You're bumping into people that you know. Flynn, you win a what for you is a really big teddy bear for your date. Uh, but unfortunately for her, it's a small teddy bear. But she still really appreciates it. And you guys are in the crowd waiting for the parade to come through. It's quite a, like a party for everybody to gather coins and throw them onto the floats. Who, who is and isn't doing that? Yeah, um, Karen will be doing that. You know, it is tradition and she loves she loves a good tradition. Same with Sunza. Frankie wouldn't be just because he's trying to hold his sister up, but uh, like his, his sisters are definitely doing it. He's given his, some coins to his sisters to do that. Um, Ido's parents are going all out. Ido's not really doing much, but they're like, oh, Come on, Ido, pop a coin on the float, and he grabs one off his mother and flicks it in. To the south, there is a large unused platform that stands as part of the center field that the parade road goes through. It was once an execution platform for a particularly heinous criminal. As you guys are all enjoying the sunny day and laughing and playing and having fun, a massive echoing thunderclap is heard although the sky is clear and blue. One by one, the crowd's attention is drawn to the top of the platform, where a hooded figure is seen holding a goose under his arm. His monster mask is a twisted, demonic bird with a trumpet-shaped beak. Karen claps. She, th she thinks this is great. And the, this, is a, this is a good, fun time. A deep, booming voice says, You are all bugs beneath the foot of capitalism. And the crowd begins to fall silent. The floats stop, and it becomes apparent that this is not part of the celebration. I despise you for looking the other way on the plight of those trapped in the slums of this disgusting city. Guards begin rushing the tower, and you notice a couple of Warforged begin to climb it. Karen has uh, slowly stopped clapping. She's realizing that this is <laughs> yeah. not, yeah. not, yeah. not tradition. You are not just insects. You are locusts. Gleefully consuming not just your world, not just each other. You claim to prosper today, but you are stealing from your own children's futures. Your festival is a lie. The crowd begins to panic. Uh, people are starting to back away from the two sides of the road, starting to cross over, people are starting to leave. 
Well, I know what will clear your filth from this city. Insects. I know your natural enemy. And with that, he tosses the goose from the tower. It shrieks and flails as it falls, unable to fly. Can everybody roll me a position check? 12. For Karen? A 17 for Poppy? Ido? A 6 for Flinver. 12 for Frankie. Okay. Ido, you are close enough that you have a pretty good view of the ground beneath the tower. And you see as the goose impacts the ground, it does not seem hurt. And instead, it multiplies. It splits into two identical geese. The guards are very confused and attempt to grab the two geese. But as they touch them, the geese multiply again into four, into 16, and and so on and so forth. Just every time they grab one, it splits into two. Swords are drawn and swung at the multiplying geese, which only multiply further. The crowd, now in a full panic, runs as swarms of aggressive geese begin to outnumber the guards. What do y'all do? Oh my god. Uh, um, Ken immediately uh, attempts to hustle her husband and children away from the centre and back to their house. She's like, oh, oh, oh it's time to go. Um, we, I suppose that the guards will figure this all out. Let's, let's, get, let's get right out of here, darlings. Let's go, go, go. And she's going to hustle her family away. Slimbo's going to say, oh my gooseness. It's time for us to leave, Cassie. <laughs> Frankie, Ida. Frankie will little Emily off of his shoulders, gather up his uh, sisters and just try and push them, you know, out of the way so that, uh, you know, we probably back home or at least towards the direction of homes that they're safe. And Ida is going to grab both of his parents because he can see this is not good and just get like get the hell out of the way. As you are all fleeing with your friends and loved ones, you begin to notice even more strange things. The geese are flying everywhere and bumping into things and splitting again and again. And the central circle is beginning to fill with honks and white feathers and flapping. And Karen, as you approach the gate exit to the central circle, a goose flies into a person in front of you and as it touches the person it multiplies again but instead of creating two geese one of them grows to a massive size more than 20 times bigger than a regular goose and it starts flapping and it throws you off your feet and it's honking like an enormous monster Okay, um, are there any other alleyways or other ways out? Can she get her family into a building? The central circle has four main exits. It's, it's actually three circles with the middle circle being open field. The mm-hmm. next circle out is like a decorative forest and garden. And then the third circle is a kind of like a jogging track that goes all the way around. But there are four exits, sure. north, south, east, and west. You live in the eastern district, so you were taking the east exit, which is now blocked yes. by an enormous monstrous goose. Whack. I'm going to 
turn and try and get out the northern entrance instead. Okay. Uh, as you turn and you shuffle your kids off towards the north entrance, you notice that the enormous goose, as do the rest of them, actually has something around its neck. It kind of looks like a bracelet. It's, it's like a large golden collar with a shimmering gem on the front of it. Uh, is the gems similar to the gems that we have? No, they're like not in shape or color. It, it just, it looks like a fancy bracelet that's around the goose's sure. neck. Flynn, as you're fleeing with Cassie, you pass by a handsome blonde man who Cassie waves out to and says, You sire, you sire, are you okay? And the heroic guardsman turns and says, Oh, Cassandra, it's very nice to see you. Oh, hello, citizen. Please don't worry. This is going to be just fine. And he swings his sword, his beautiful, like, gem-encrusted sword, at a nearby goose, and it doubles again into two more geese. And he's kind of like, well, that didn't work. Have you tried burning them? That's an excellent <laughs> idea, citizen. Let's see if we can rustle ourselves up some fire. And as he says that, a swarm of about 12 geese like land on him and start flapping on him. And Cassie runs over to see if she can help. <laughs> I'm going to get out of my costume because it's quite cumbersome. Fair enough. Uh, but I'm going to keep the dragon head on. Okay. And then I'm going to try and subtly cast mend on by touching a geese. What are you mending? I'm just going to try and cast mend on the geese to see if it goes back into one. Do you have electrum on you? Yeah. Um, Always. Okay, you touch the goose. Just a light touch and it doesn't split. It seems like only an impact will cause it to multiply, but nothing happens. Although the goose does okay. react to your touch and kind of squawk and flap at you. <laughs> it too is wearing a gemmed bracelet around its neck. Can I try taking off... So um, I'm going to take off my dragon head and then put it on like top of the geese carefully, like catching a startled bird. Roll me a dexterity check. That's that one. Again. Yes, <laughs> you are making good use of that re-rolling that one, but... I'm, You'd think. <laughs> is that a three including your dexterity modifier? Oh, no. Seven. The goose does not want to be put into a small enclosed space and flaps at you. Alright, I'm going to put the dragon head back on me then. Um, the goose does one damage as it, like, flies... Oh sort of over you and scratches at you with his claws. Oh, Alright, thanks for that. Okay, uh, Frankie. Mm-hmm. You are fleeing with your... Is, yep. it, is it just your sisters or your father as well? No, it's just my sisters. My okay. father is too sick to come. Okay, you're fleeing with your sisters and you are heading towards one of the gates and you bump into a person wearing a red dragon costume and again, the head comes off and you notice that it's Murphy. And he's like, oh, hey, Frankie, how's it going? But uh, you, you doing okay? This is this is pretty chaotic. Are you all right? Yeah, 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 I'm okay. It's just these geese, you know. Uh, one of my sisters is allergic to goose down, so we're trying to uh, get them out of here so no one gets hurt, you know. Oh, you know what? That seems great. I was wondering if you could do me a little favor, though. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Hey, hey kids, how's it going? I'm your uncle Murphy. I'm a good friend of I'm a good friend of Frankie. It's nice to <laughs> nice to meet y'all. Uh, 
yeah, cool. You know, they're 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 scared, but they're you know excited. Uh, Frankie turns and points at the nearest swarm of geese, who mm-hmm. are currently not really engaging in battle, but are currently swarming a group of guards. And he says, "Hey, uh, you see that? Uh, you see that there? That piece of jewelry that's around their neck? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that is a clasp of cloning. And uh, you want to go grab that for me? You probably need <laughs> to find the original one, but." If you bring that to me, I would be happy to buy that from you. Uh, how am I supposed to know which one's the original fucking goose? <laughs> Murphy uh, kind of looks over and ducks as a as he's almost dive bombed by a goose, and he's like, "Oh, well, that's a that is an excellent question. I'm gonna leave that up to you. You know, you smart guys. I'm sure you'll figure something out. I'm gonna get the hell out of here." And then he puts on his red dragon head and exit stage right. Into the screaming, swarmed, crazy crowd that is happening around you. You guys are all attempting to escape in different ways from the swarm of geese. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the amount of people that have made their way into the central circle means that there's quite a lot of bottlenecks, which are even then being harassed by geese. The east gate is completely out of the question because of the giant goose, so a lot of people are attempting to escape through the north and south gates instead. Idafa, you happen to see Karen through the crowd. Just wondering, because I saw the original goose drop, right? Mm-hmm. Would I, I, I wouldn't have noticed where that goose went, would I? I was too flustered. You don't know yet that you are looking for the original goose. Okay. You saw the original split, and the two that split from the original goose appeared more or less identical. Um, okay. With one of them immediately attacking... A nearby guard which caused that one to split further and further. So I've got my two parents under both my arms and yeah I notice Karen and yell out her name. Karen! Oh! Oh my gosh! It's Idafa! He's a work colleague. Let's go over to him. He is I think it'll be safety in numbers and she's gonna hustle her little family over to Ido. Well, but mum oh. why does he have horns? He looks scary. Oh well Sometimes people look scary, dear, and they actually aren't. And uh, that is what Idafa is. Sometimes there are people who can look scary and they aren't scary, and sometimes there are people who don't look scary, but they really, really are. <laughs> yeah, so, Emma, oh, don't judge people. <laughs> <laughs> so, despite what you've just told them, I am running full throttle, looking a little bit terrifying towards you and your children. <laughs> Just holding these two halflings under my arms. They have no idea of appearance. <laughs> oh, are you, are you, are you saving saving citizens? That's great, Ido. It's uh, it's good to see you here. What, where, where, where are you? Where do you live, darling? Let's um, let's see if we can come up with a plan to get out of here together. And from underneath your arm, the almost naked halfling looks up. And holds out a hand and says, Oh, hello there. It's very nice to meet you. My name's Bolo. Oh, Bolo, I've heard all about you from Janderson. You play bowls together. It's nice to meet you. Oh, that's correct. What on earth are you going to do about all of these geese? (laughs) Well, I think we should leave that up to the guards and get out of here. I I don't, honey, I don't suppose you could go find Whiskers for me. This is, he he seems to have been lost in in all the commotion. I don't know. He's not an outside cat usually. We're going to have to find him. Uh, I'm rolling my eyes (laughs) and I 
drop my well not drop my parents but pop my parents down karen do you think you and your family could escort mum and dad home while i go find the cat absolutely i've got an even better idea if they go along with barry he's my husband barry say hello darling and he just he just nods because he's very gruff and he doesn't say very much <laughs> if they go with barry and and my and my three beautiful children and i will come with you and help you find this cat and um i'll make sure that you get home safely too how does that sound darling perfect now let's go okay. all right nearby cassie is pulling geese off of the blonde guardsman flynn you see frankie leading three small children off towards one of the gates since Cassie looks like she's got things in hand, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, "You go get him! I'm gonna hop over here because I don't want to deal with the pile of the geese scruffle." <laughs> and she's fine; she's huge. <laughs> so I'm gonna head towards Frankie and catch up to him and be like, "This is a mess, isn't it?" And Frankie's also like, "Oh, where did you come from?" <laughs> like, Jesus, come out of Oh yeah, nowhere. I take off my dragon head so you know it's me. Too. <laughs> A second red dragon runs up at you out of the crowd and takes their head off. Frankie, you know, is startled a little bit. He's not expecting to see two red dragons. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, thank God it's you. Man, I- I'm trying to get my sisters home. We gotta find the original goose and take off the the, the clone thing, and I must study it and or, you know, take it to a friend of mine who knows a little bit about some stuff. This seems like a tinkering situation, so I'm glad I found you. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Oh, if you touch them gently and not give them a good kick or anything, they don't multiply. Just FYI. Ah, that's good to know. Got a tiny soft net in your pocket? Uh, Cassie comes over and runs up to you, Flynn, and says, Oh, Mooncloud! Oh, this is so very scary! (laughs) Oh, I'm right here beside you. We'll get this done together. Here's my friend Frankie. Oh, Frankie, I remember you. You came to visit my town at the same time as dear Flynn here. It's good to see you again. Ah, oh, good to see you too, Cassie. Uh... As you guys are exchanging pleasantries, a goose flies into the side of Cassie's head and splits into two geese, and she's like, oh, oh, dear, I'm sorry. Oh, she wouldn't touch the geese. And Cassie says, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave you. It's my job right now to help the citizens escape from this area. So, uh, are these children part of your group, or do they need help? Uh, uh I need to get them home, uh, but I, I also have to get these geese. Uh, do you think you'd be able to help oh, me? absolutely. Whereabouts do you live? Which, which district uh, are you in? So I'll live in the, the poor side of the East District, but not okay. the slums. <laughs> like, so, oh, we're not slums, but we're not rich. 39th Street. Hello, small children. Would you like a ride home? And she scoops up all of your sisters in both of her hands. <laughs> <laughs> they would love that. Um, do they know their own way home? Like, could they make it home without you? Yeah, yeah, because I would have been like, yeah, but like, uh, you know where to go. Just show her. Stay home. Tell Dad, lock the doors, don't touch any geese. <laughs> okay, bye, Frankie. And bye. Cassie runs off with them towards the crowded south gate. And as you guys are sort of standing there, unsure of what to do, you see Idafa and Karen approaching from the south. I whistle aggressively at them. I'm like, to get their attention. <laughs> I don't notice because there's lots going on. <laughs> <laughs> Should have whistled politely. 
Karen waves madly and rushes over and she says, there's magic afoot! There's and geese she afoot! Tries Don't to... touch them aggressively! Yes, I've seen the geese. This seems like a job for the strike team, don't you think? Yeah, who's the strike team? Oh, well... Well, well, that's us, of course. I've, uh, um, I've given a proposal to Jansen uh, regarding the future of our little uh, team, and we've been having a lot of talks, and we've uh, I'm trying to convince uh, the board that it's a good idea to have a team within our company that can handle special and unusual problems, and I think this is a special and unusual problem that we can fix. What do you think? Have you guys uh, accessorized today, perchance? Oh, yes. I, Always. I, I never take. I never take the pants off, darling. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Now, if we can do this, ah, guards aren't watching, are they? And then Ido attempts to like get his dagger out. Uh, yeah. You summon your dagger. Hang on. Yep. Yeah, no, you're not seen. Yay. <laughs> Um, not far away from where the four of you are standing. By the way, there are screams and flaps and like all around you is just chaos. The festival has just absolutely gone to shit. And nearby you can see the blonde guardsman that you recognize from just after you were mugged in the forest. He's holding a big sword and he's like jumping and swiping at geese as they fly overhead. Oh my god. <laughs> Every time you touch them, they multiply. And he turns back and he's like, yes, that's exactly right, citizen. I'm hoping I can exhaust their power. And he kind of runs over to you and sheaths his sword. Mr. Cherish, it is so good to see you again. I doubt you remember us, but you saved us from a mugging a couple of, uh, 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 about a week and a half ago. I'm sure you've been so busy since then. Now, you are doing a fantastic job. Is there any way that we can support you? I was hiding his dagger, by the way. Yeah, cool. He looks over at you and he's like, look, I'm a person who has an excellent amount of fighting skill and power, so I'm going to go ahead and see if I can't clean up this mess. Uh, what about logic? I don't, I don't follow. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, and he looks over at the four of you and he says, you citizens look very capable. If I was you, I would try to escape from here. Although, he looks around and he can see all of his guards wrestling with ever-growing piles of geese. And he says, If you were to want to help, see if you can't find that scoundrel who started this whole mess off in the first place. What an excellent idea, Mr. Cherish. It's Captain Cherish, but you're very welcome. In the meantime, I'm going to see if I can't do something about these geese. And he draws his sword and he runs off towards where the pile of geese are fighting the guards. And he swipes his sword at a nearby goose. And Karen, something similar to what you saw over at the East Gate happens again. A goose splits into two, but one of them grows. Not as big as the last one, but still considerably bigger than a goose is supposed to be. And erupts in flame. Oh, I don't want to be anywhere near that. Let's go and find that man. She's going to turn towards the tower and uh, start rapidly walking away. Yusaya is uh, now fighting some kind of fire goose as you will run off towards the, what, the south where the tower is? Yes, the tower where he was up on top of and he threw the goose off of. Awesome. She's going to head towards that. Cool. Yeah, I'm assuming I'm following. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm also going to follow along. But um, I also want to, when I get a chance, 
to get a non-flustered geese, try and gently again approach it and take one of the necklaces off it. Okay, so first of all, I want you to roll me a perception check to see if you can find a goose by itself. Okay. A lone goose. Um, 18? Yeah, so on your way, you do happen to see a single goose. Uh, it is aggressively hissing and holding its wings up at some people, but it has its back to you. Uh, um, roll, me I'm an, going to... roll me an animal oh. handling check to see if you can uh, successfully grab it. I'm an unnatural 20. Nice. Okay, yeah, so as you're all watching, like, the four of you are running, and Flynn kind of veers off, and you all sort of stop and watch as he carefully scoops up a goose without hitting it too hard, and undoes a clasp on the back of the goose's neck and like the clasp has a hinge on it so once you undo it it kind of clicks open and as soon as it does both the clasp and the goose disappear <laughs> logic oh my well, that was that was very well thought of how it, it the magic must be in those collars then to save time should we just try and aiming at the collars <laughs> or should I mean, we try and gently wrangle some geese one thousand geese at a time. One, <laughs> looking around. One, one goose at a time. Well, um, maybe we should uh, let, if we see any guards on the way to the tower, we should let them know and that way that they can tell other guards and then they can tell uh, the captain and and then he won't um, be swinging his huge gem encrusted sword around and making more geese. What do you think? Uh, I think yes, but also, and then um, Ido's going to try and grab as many geese by the necks as he can that are around him. Okay. But do it gently. Yes, gently. <laughs> One second. Okay. Near nearby, there are up to eight geese. They are okay. in different little swarms. Uh, most of them are flying, but there are two or three that are currently on the ground with their wings out, hissing at people. Okay, I would like to try and grab three. Do you want me to roll for that? Uh, yeah, you're going to need to to grab three at once. You'll need, need to do animal handling with disadvantage. Okay. Just for grabbing three at once. <laughs> Try grab less. <laughs> um, eight. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you do manage to grab one, but then when you're trying to grab the other two, you let go of the first one, and they all turn their aggression towards you. Yay! Oh, God. What is your AC? Um, it is 13. Okay. One of them tries to dive bomb you, and you manage to duck out of the way, and it uh, continues flying into a nearby crowd to hassle them. Okay, it turns out that being rough with them probably isn't the best idea. <laughs> the geese that um, Ida dropped, can I try and um, strike the clasp <laughs> to see if that, like, just the clasp, not the geese? See if I can kind of karate chop the clasp. You want to try and chop a goose in the neck? Is that what we're doing? To karate chop with my hand, the back of the clasp to kind of tink, break it open. Okay. Crack a goose uh, in the neck, that's okay. what I'm hearing. Roll me, roll me an attack roll. The worst that happens is I get another goose. I only got, I got a net one. <laughs> you oh my are goodness. so lucky that you're a halfling, you know, net ones you roll. I it's build for my. I build for my. Oh, I got a seventeen. Um, what was I rolling against? Sorry. An attack roll. Oh, cool. Okay, so I got um, an, uh, twenty-one. When you karate chop the clasp, <laughs> as you have learned to expect by this point, 
the goose splits into two geese and attack you. <laughs> <laughs> you manage to run out of their reach back to the party. Frankie okay, would like to take let's... some stale bread out of his uh, uh, satchel that he always has and just sort of break it up and like try and feed it to the geese to attract the geese over to him but still be distracted by the bread to not attack him. Okay, roll me an animal handling check and I'll give you advantage because you're using bread. Oh, nice! Although you shouldn't, chopped up lettuce and halved grapes are much better. Yeah, that's true, but he doesn't have chopped up lettuce or or, or grapes. Um, (laughs) That is a 17. While they're still quite aggressive and seem confused, you do manage to attract two of the geese close enough to you that you could probably grab them if you wanted to. Yeah, can I grab one of them gently? <laughs> goosey goosey. Kind of like a snake. You To stop it from pecking at you, even if you pick it up, you kind of need to grab it by just below where its head is, otherwise it'll just keep yep. pecking at you. Mm-hmm. You rolled a 17 on animal handling, so you've yep. successfully managed to pick up one of the geese. Okay. It's like, oh guys, I caught one! Can I fumble to try and take off the the clasp? Because I can imagine Frankie's not graceful. Okay. Uh, it's graceful. It's not. I, you're not stealing, so it's not sleight of hand. I would say this is just a straight dex check. Okay. Dex is not what he is good at. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a six. As you're <laughs> as you're fumbling, you only have two hands, right? So with one hand you're holding the goose just below its neck, and then the other hand you're both holding the weight of the body and attempting to undo the clasp that is on the back of it. You kind of almost managed to get it, but then the first goose that it split from uh, dive bombs at you, and in, in a fright you drop the you drop the goose that you're holding, and it attacks you. It, uh, it goes to bite you, but you manage to uh, shield yourself from being from being nipped. This, this is Frankie. That's, that's him. Karen says, Okay, that was fun. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, that let's sounds like a good run, idea. Let's run towards this tower. That they can do that and get that man. Kia ora, Penny here. Well, we're into arc two and things are only going to get crazier. I hope you enjoy the Infinite Goose. It was extremely fun to record. You may notice a change in sound during episode seven as that's when the New Zealand lockdown ended and we started recording in person instead of over the internet. Hopefully it's an improvement because it's definitely more fun being able to play around a table together. Usual credit goes out to Regan McKinnon for his creation of the show's theme song. Also, this time I want to thank Michael Gelfie for use of some of his sounds this episode. You can find Regan at facebook.com slash porch recording, and you can find Michael Gelfie at patreon.com slash m-i-c-h-e-a-l-g-h-e-l-f-i. Some really good D&D sounds and ambiences there. We're going to do something a little different for the break this arc. It's a giveaway! We're teaming up with our friends at Mindflayer Miniatures to give a lucky fan their own custom-painted D&D Adventurer Mini. Come to your weekly game in style with a hand-painted figurine of your character. And for those of you who don't use minis as part of your game, we've got you covered too. You can choose instead to have a digital art piece commissioned from Live Artisan Design. Get your character drawn up the way you want and show your friends what a badass they're questing with. 
To qualify for one of these delightful D&D prizes, all you have to do is tag our page on Twitter or Facebook and let us know who your favourite character from the show is and why. Everyone who does this over the course of Arc 2 will go in the draw and we'll announce the winner during the next Smoko episode. Unfortunately, due to delivery restrictions, the mini will only be available in New Zealand, but the art can be delivered digitally anywhere in the world. As usual, you can like our show at facebook.com slash Podcast or on Twitter at jbpcpodcast. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Podbean, and hopefully wherever you get your podcasts. On with the show! The crowd is starting to thin out as more and more people are getting to the bottleneck. At the gates, there are really, really thick crowds of people, but towards the sort of center of the circle and towards the area that you're running to, um, the crowd is starting to thin out, and you're running around. There's lots of, like, discarded pieces of costume, lots of big papier-mâché heads and cloaks and things just sort of strewn around as people have discarded their costumes in order to move better. And you arrive over at the tower there's quite a few guards fighting the geese, but as the geese have moved, the guards have kind of followed them, and there's a bit of a clearing space around the around the tower. Karen says, excuse me, excuse me, sir, as she bustles up to one of the guards. The guard, who is a uh, dark-skinned human, is he's kind of got the point now. He's not so much attacking the geese as he is just defending himself with a shield and not impacting them. He turns around and he says, uh, yes, citizen, what can I do for you? If you take the collars off the geese, we've discovered it. Um, my friend is very good at holding small animals. If you take the collars off the geese, they disappear. Uh, he turns and he looks at you and he's like, okay, take the collars off. That's good to know. And he then uses his shield to pin a goose to the ground. Um, and it does multiply, but the, he still has the original goose pinned to the ground the other one just kind of springs off of it and he's trying to reach underneath of his shield to undo the collar but he can't see what he's doing oh yeah karen will try and get under there and pull the collar off cool roll me a dex check i'm not fantastic at dexterity however that's a 16 you get under there you manage to rustle around underneath and and avoid getting picked you find the clasp and you manage to use your fingernail to click it open and suddenly the guard who's holding his weight onto the shield falls down as the goose disappears and lands on your arm oh oh citizen i'm very sorry are you okay i i think so yes thank you well uh there you have it goose is gone uh clasp came off Bye! And she's just gonna leave. I will pass that on to the captain. Thank you for your service. And he runs off towards... He runs off north, and then he sees the fire goose in the distance, and he kind of stops. You can kind of see the blonde man in the in the blue and purple armor, like, running away from it. And he's like, oh my god. And he runs off towards where that whole shenanigan is happening. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay, now let's get to this tower. There is a person to catch. Hopefully he'll be, still be up the tower. You approach the tower. There are very few yes. people still close by to the tower. As she runs past all of the guards, Karen will continue just calling out, Remove the collars! Remove the collars and the geese will disappear! And she just she's not stopping, but she's just calling out as she's running past. A few of the guards are paying attention to you and 
are attempting to do so, but most of them uh, seem to be fairly occupied with hissing, flapping, honking monstrosities that are attacking them and don't hear you. Well, I did what I could. Is there anything, can we say, like, are the doors open to the tower? It's basically a platform. There's no stairs. It is a scaffolding with a wooden platform on top. Okay, and we can't, like, we can't see the guy anywhere from where we are at the moment. The tower is about 40 feet high. You can't see what's on top. Okay. But as you were approaching, you didn't see anyone standing on it. Yep, um, Ido's going to try and climb up the scaffolding. Cool. I'm going to take back what I said before. There is a ladder. Yeah, yeah, I'll climb the ladder. <laughs> okay, uh, roll me an athletics check, and what are the rest of you doing? Um, Karen would also like to climb the ladder uh, nervously because she is a dwarf and she is scared of heights, but she is determined. She told Ida's parents that she would keep him safe and she's not letting him out of her sight. Uh, that was an unnatural 20, by the oh, way. Oh, very nice. It takes you a couple of minutes because it's pretty high. Like, it takes you a minute, but you do manage to climb to the top of the scaffolding. There is currently nobody up there, but you have a pretty good vantage point from where you are now. Okay, um, I'd just like to kind of survey the area, obviously looking specifically for a hooded person with like a big bird mask on. Yeah, know? roll me a perception check with advantage because you have a really good vantage point. That'll be 21. Nice. nice. Okay. You kind of look over the park and you can see a giant goose. You can see the fire goose. Off towards the north gate, there appears to be some kind of like scaly demonic goose that is terrorizing people up there. There's also like once in a while, you, it's, it's just full of white specks fighting guards. And once in a while, you see one that appears to be not like the others occasionally you, you see one that is a bit larger and appears to have some kind of mutation to it and as you are scanning east gate no north gate too far away west gate no and you turn around and you look to the south gate and you just happen to catch a small glint and you can see a person wearing a robe exiting like he's just made it through the bottleneck and he's exiting the south gate he has that same trumpet ended bird mask on and he's running towards the slums okay um i yell this information down to karen flynn and frankie head for the south gate oh well you're coming with us aren't you darling yeah of course one moment karen is like halfway up the ladder just kind of clinging on she was uh, feeling pretty brave and kind of got halfway up and got a little bit stuck so she's going to get down with all haste and um wait for Idafer to climb down as well. Okay. While you guys, like, during the time that Idafer climbed up, looked around and was climbing down, are any of you doing anything? I was trying to gently catch more geese to take the things off. Okay, roll catch. me an animal handling check. Determined to unclass some... Natural one again! Oh my god! <laughs> I need to change my dice. Yeah, let's all buy some new dice. <laughs> 14. During the time that you have, you catch three geese and remove their collars. But you also bump into three geese and create an extra three, oh three geese. <laughs> okay, cool. And you get bit oh. for uh, two damage. Okay, I'm now on nine health. Idava makes it to the bottom of the platform. Where are you going? South gate, of course. Yeah, running um, for that south gate, man. Because of the amount of time that has passed, the bottleneck is starting to thin out as people are escaping. But the downside of that is that geese are now also exiting the park and going out into the <laughs> into the city. Oh no. Yay. I guess we'll just catch up to the end of the bottleneck and just try and shuffle our way out. As you approach the south gate, you see a group of 
guards talking to a human with a clipboard. Do you, are you going to stop or are you going to keep going? I'm going to um, keep going. I don't care about these guys. Cool. All right. Um, so you make oh, yeah. it, uh, after a few minutes, you make it out of the south gate. I'm frantically looking around for that um, masked person with the hood. Can I see them anywhere? No, you've. it's been a couple of minutes since you first spotted them, but you know what direction they went. They went basically straight south into the slums. I just, yeah, say, come on, guys, who's going this way? Let's go. Cool. Yep, I will follow Idafa. Um, as Sundra runs past the people with the clipboard, are they the same people that were doing the um, magic item gate checks? No, those were guards at the main gates. The person oh, yeah, with the okay. clipboard... Um, is just a stressed out, just a really stressed out human who's basically screaming at the guards. Okay. So is leading the way. I would like you to roll an investigation check, and since you have three people with you, you can roll it at advantage. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's 15. So you guys run basically directly south into the slums, down what is one of sort of the main streets. It's still fairly crowded. Once people made it through the gate, though, they weren't anywhere near as thick. They were just sort of everyone's running home. A lot of people went out the south gate and then ran east. So you guys are running, mostly just ignoring the swarms of geese that are have now made it out into the city. They're bumping into buildings and multiplying more. They seem mostly confused. Like, you wouldn't think that a goose would do that, but they are multiplying themselves through their own... I guess incompetence, as much as people are doing it through attacking them. You run south for a bit, and just as you find yourself starting to get puffed and stop, you look to your left, and there's just a basic alleyway down there, but you see on the other side of some boxes, there is a person in a green cloak, wearing a trumpet-ended mask, huffing and puffing and catching your breath. (laughs) Uh, cardio (laughs) (laughs) yeah I run towards them do you say anything or are you you sneaking or are you he looks pretty wasted so I'm just running at him full speed okay as you approach you hear a different voice than the one you heard the first time say like it's okay I think we lost them and then they see you guys and they're like oh shit and then they fall it, it, you, it's so you weird. You see, like, you see like a strange kind of like struggling underneath the cloak and then the figure just falls over. <laughs> um, Karen's going to grab for what she thinks are the ankles to try and stop them from getting back up again. They're a lot smaller than you would expect the ankles of a person this size to be. And she's going to just kind of... If it's, if it's small, she's going to see if she can pull it up. So she's holding whoever this is by their ankles up in the air. Okay, you're now holding a gnome child by the ankles upside down and the gnome child's like kicking and they're like hey let me go let me go let me go let me go oh um, oh oh this is oh, uh, oh. this is a child um and she she puts him back down on the ground but just kind of instead of holding holding his ankle she just kind of holds onto his wrist and says i i do believe we're going to have to have a chat young man uh don't go any don't try going anywhere I grabbed the other one that um, fell over as well. He was pretty tangled like, up aren't... in the cloak. He was, like, trying to get away. But, you know, have you, have you ever tried to, like, get out from inside of, like, a duvet cover or something? Like, it's pretty hard to do. Yes. So he's, like... In that case, can I just kind of grab the cloak, like, bundle it up so it looks like a, a bundle? <laughs> okay, so you've got – you're now holding basically a sack with, a, with probably another child in it. Yeah. And I gave it a poke, and I say, "Are you, are you a little brat as well?" 
Let me go. I'm not a brat. You're a brat. Let me go. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. My name's Karen. Um. Uh, what's your name, dear? And she's got like a death grip on this child's wrist. The gnome child tries to kick you in the shin, but mm. but you sort of holding them. Your reach is a little longer than theirs, so when they try to kick you, you just sort of hold them out a little bit further, and they say, "None oh, of your oh. business. You let me go, or or my." boss will beat you up oh your boss will beat me up well he wow that's very scary darling now i wilson's request i need your name and um should i roll intimidation for that possibly uh if you would like to yeah go ahead i i would like to <laughs> scared little children mm-hmm. <laughs> naughty one said it mm, i rolled a two but i do have a plus six to intimidation so that's an eight Okay, the child pouts and tries to kick you again and says, My name's Poo Poo Pants. Let me go, you big dingus. And the one inside, <laughs> oh. the one that Idem is holding inside the cloth trap is like, Yeah, good one, Truffle. Tell him your name's Poo Poo Pants. <laughs> oh, so oh. you're called Truffle, are you? Truffle, was it? Now, it's a pleasure to meet you, Truffle. Now, can you tell us what you were doing with that mask? Truffle yells at the other one and says, Tuffle, what are you doing? I was I was gonna trick them. Leave me alone! And tries to like kick at the cloth sack that Idaf is holding. I hold this cloth <laughs> sack a little bit closer so he can kick it. <laughs> from the way, from the noise and the sudden lack of squirming that happens from inside the bag, you're pretty sure Truffle just kicked Tuffle in the balls. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll show you. You guys, you guys, let me go. I'm just. We're just doing a prank, okay? Leave us alone. It was a very scary prank indeed. Now, who told you to do that? Because I know that you didn't come up with that on your own, Truffle. But I'm not supposed to tell. At this point, I'd like to sort of lean in, because you said they're gnomes, right? Yeah, they're gnome children. Mm-hmm. Because Frankie speaks gnomish okay. uh, casually. And he would just like to, you know, lean, like, get down on one knee, lean in close and speak to him and gnomish like hey you know i know you're scared but you know don't worry uh, you won't get in trouble just we just need to look for you know your boss who's your boss the child seems like kind of taken aback by the fact that you speak gnomish and kind of like still tugging trying to tug his arm out of karen's grip turns to you and says look we're not supposed to tell okay we're supposed to be distractions so that the boss can can get away that's what we're all doing, but you gotta, you gotta leave me alone. I wasn't supposed to get caught. I just can't run very far with my brother on my shoulders. Oh, I see, I see. What was the name of your boss? Do you, what was that? His name is Poo Poo Pants. Poo Poo Pants, right? Okay. Uh, and I just told the group. Well, turns out his boss's name's Poo Poo Pants. Obviously, it's completely true. Uh. This is the distraction, <laughs> so we need to actually find the real people. Uh, just let these boys go. They're not distraction for who? Distraction so the boss could get away. Can you tell them that if their boss isn't caught, they're going to be done for uh, handling magic artifacts, which is very frowned upon in this kingdom? Uh, I've Please. I've heard that. Yeah, he yeah. Can un- he can understand you, and he kind of looks at you, and he's like. I don't have any magic artifacts. What are you talking about? I don't... Well, your boss, you know, dressed up just like you, and somebody would think that it could be you. Do you know what they do to young gnome boys in prison? 
What do they do? They give them spankings and they don't get pudding. <gasps> but I love pudding. No puddings. You will not be getting puddings for a very long time. That is so not pudding. fair. Yeah, well, this is why you got to tell us where your boss went so that we could get him to not have puddings instead of you and your brother. Especially when the whole town saw the person who released his magical artifacts in this one costume that you happen to be wearing. Roll me a perception check. <laughs> Twelve. Three. It was a net wag. Um, Nineteen. Twelve also. You, okay, you all hear an echoing thunderclap. Flinva, you can tell that it is coming. You're, you're in the South District right now. You can tell that it is coming from west of here. And it sounds weird. Like, usually a thunderclap is a loud, like, a, a loud rumble with some echo following it. It sounds distorted. It sounds... It doesn't sound natural. It sounds off. Did you guys hear that? It was coming from over there. And I point to the... Y- you all yeah, thunder. It. Of course, that's a pretty normal sound. No! Well, there was thunder think. before that man started speaking. Wasn't there? Yes. Maybe that's again. I think we should go investigate and take these two uh, ragamuffins with us. Yeah, we need to oh, see something with these kids. I don't think we should. We put them these. in the bag of holding, but they might die. I say we let them go. <laughs> <laughs> I say we hand them in to get punished unless they tell us more things. You said they were hiding behind some boxes in the alleyway, right? Yeah, just some crates and stuff. Uh, can we put them in a crate? <laughs> yeah, you can put them in a crate if you want. <laughs> Uh, um, before, before we try that Karen's going to kneel down next to the one that she's holding and say have you got anywhere to go darling have you got a home there's a there's a place you know I got I got a place to sleep but you know people just kind of come and go from there okay well no. what we're going we're to do stuff in the box. Is we're not going to hand you into the authorities, okay? Because you've been very, very helpful. But what we are going to do is we're going to take you to a good friend of ours who's going to give you guys some nice warm food and some pudding. And we'll see what happens, okay? I lean over Karen and say, who's going to give them pudding? (laughs) And she leans back and says, I'm going to take them to Murphy. (laughs) Ah. If I pay him, he'll do anything. This is He'll true, and he does owe us all a favor. All right. Yeah. Let's go. He owes us a favor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have in my notes that Murphy owes us owes me a favor. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Murphy does Favorite. owe you a favor. I remember that. Murphy's got his um his business in the West District, right? Where That's we heard right. the thunderclap come from. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. we'll uh, um. I'm planning that we'll drop them off at Murphy's and then we'll keep going to find wherever that thunderclap came from. Okay. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys travel for a bit. Um, you dodge a few, like a few swarms of geese that are now roaming the streets. Anyone who has somewhere to go is kind of like hidden themselves inside at this point. Roll me a, uh, roll me a stealth check. All of us? Yeah. Karen with disadvantage because you're dragging a protesting child along with you. Uh, mine was a net 20, so 26. Nice. 12. 24. I also got a net 20. 3! Okay. 
you're barely into the slums at this point. You're a couple of blocks into the slums. So as you travel kind of like northwest towards where the districts swap over, there's a couple of points where a few geese notice you and go to dive bomb you. And for the most part, you're able to get away. Your guy's stealth is is pretty good, like, a lot of the time. But unfortunately, because Karen is dragging a kicking, screaming child along with her, um, she actually does take a few claws to the to the head. Oh. You take three damage worth of flap hits and claws. One of the geese tries to attack the child, but you actually, like, put yourself in the way. So you do take a few, like, nicks and scratches and bites and stuff from geese along the way. But eventually, you arrive at Murphy's Honest Goods. I will just open the door and go inside, not going to bother on knocking. Okay. You hear a voice from inside that says, uh, Hey, uh, we're closed. We're not doing business during goose-related disasters. So just... <laughs> oh! Oh, hey, Karen, how's it going? Oh, Murphy, it's great to see you, darling. How has business been? Has it been booming? I bet it has. Oh, absolutely. You know how it is. Uh, isn't that right, Frankie? And he winks at Frankie. Oh, uh, Yeah. Uh, wink, but Frankie blinks. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so listen. While I they're got... talking, I'm dro- I drop the kid onto the like the kid, not not super heavy, but kind of without a care. I'm just drop the kid on the counter. Whatever you got for me here is this some kind of, and he sees that it's struggling, and he's like, "Are you guys kidnapping kids now? What what are you? What's going on here?" Okay, so, I know it looks bad, but these two have been hired by whoever that horrible man was to create a distraction while he got away. And I thought, what better place to store two children who have fallen on the wrong side of the tracks and need a strong presence to bring them back on the right side of the road than Murphy's. Also, I will pay you for any food that they eat today. Uh, what do you say, darling? <laughs> Murphy pulls out, like, a bunch of handkerchiefs out from one of his sleeves, like a bunch of coloured handkerchiefs all tied together, and uh, hands it to the kid that you've been dragging around, and he's like, how's it going, little man? Do you know what a mule is? Have you ever heard of a mule? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's mule. fine, guys. Don't even worry about it. I'll take care of the children, okay? You guys, uh, you guys like pudding? Oh, pudding. I knew I could count on you. All right, have fun, boys, and uh, uh, good luck, Murphy. Before you go, I actually bummed into Frankie back at the park when all the disaster was happening. That thing around the goose's neck, it's called a clasp of cloning. If you guys bring me the original clasp of cloning, I can make a lot of money out of that, and I would be happy to share it with you if you know what I'm talking about. And he looks out at the gnome kids, and he's like, that's called business. That's called business. (laughs) Do you have anything that can help us find the original clasp? Well, I've been looking for one of these things for a little while now. Unfortunately, I would give you something to detect magic, but because all of the goose clones are all magically created, I don't think it would be much help to you. The best way to do it would be to find the original goose, find the first one. Once you take the clasp off of it, it should get rid of all the rest of them. Okay. Right, that makes sense, yes. It should do, but I've never heard of them creating giants or creating fire demons from just a simple cloning before. Mm, yes, that was scary. I think there's more to it than cloning. Um, also, uh, if, if you do see any geese just wandering around, uh, we've figured out that if you take the clasp 
off of the geese. The goose will disappear, uh, of course, because it's got nothing holding it into existence anymore. What do you like? Who do you think you're talking to? I'm the guy that knows about <laughs> magical items. Murphy, Murphy, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I forgot who I was talking to. Uh, the person who knows everything about everything. Uh, it's you. And uh, with that, I do believe that I will be taking my leave. And she uh, turns around a little bit embarrassed. She thought that was real fun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Murphy, do you have a magic net? A gentle feather touched net? I mean, I have a regular net. <laughs> Can I have it? Yeah, sure, I don't see why not. And he, um, he hands you just like a regular net. It's got weights in the corners. You can kind of just like throw it over stuff. Um, Thank you very much. And he's like, that'll be, one, that'll be one single gold piece. Cool. Can we take it over the cost uh, that you'll earn from our drug mules? Hey, I don't deal in drugs, okay? I'm purely magical artifacts. Whatever you guys get up to in your spare time, that's so... Why would you assume I said drugs? And he looks at he looks down at the children and he's like, Don't do drugs, okay? Don't listen to Flint. He, don't, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I give him a gold coin because I've flabbed that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, A pleasure doing business with you. Uh, do you kids like pudding? And the kids are like, Yeah, we love pudding. Oh, I like pudding too. Uh, come on, come on Frankie. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <the> pudding. <laughs> um, never get pudding. Okay, All right. I think we're heading out now. You guys go to leave the Murphy's Honest Goods and you walk out into the familiar square outside the shop. You guys have, most of you have visited the shop a couple of times since the first time you left. And as you are standing there, kind of trying to figure out what to do next, two things happen simultaneously. Another thunderclap rings in, um, and this time you're fairly certain it's coming from the north. And the giant goose from the east gate flies over some trees and crash lands in front of you. There's nowhere to run. Roll for initiative. I think they're gone now. Hey, it's me, Poo Poo Pants. <laughs> yeah, and his brother, Poo Poo Pants. And we just wanted to say thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> and you should feed geese grapes and, and chopped up lettuce and stuff because bread's really bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs>